Arizona, Arizona Sports. Sports. The local the sports, local leader. sports leader. leader. Burns and Gambo. The 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. We are at the turn here on the Burns and Gambo show, which means it's time for us to get you caught up on everything going on in sports. A little ditty we like to call the 4 o'clock reset here on Arizona Sports. And we start with the Arizona Cardinals because we've got a new name. We've also got a previously known name, Vance Joseph, reportedly interviewed for the head coaching job today with new GM Monty Austin Ford and, of course, owner Michael Bidwell. Arizona reportedly has requested to interview two new candidates as well. Broncos defensive coordinator Ejiro Aviro and Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn. This comes after the team completed an interview, according to reports yesterday, with former Colts head coach Frank Wright Gambo. So the list is growing and growing and growing. And, you know, again, casting that wide net, right? So when you do the interview and you hire somebody, you're going to be, look, you know, we were... we cast a wide net. We looked far. We 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 went all over the league interviewing guys, and and that's what you want. You don't want a an Earl Watson type interview. You don't want just one guy to get the job, and you don't want to just interview two. Interview as many guys as you can because, again, you may find out something you like about one of these guys that, that, that helps you land him as a coordinator down the road or even a possible head coach later on. No doubt about it. And if you're looking at the tracker now, and I'm looking at NFL.com's tracker, the um, the completed interviews for the Cardinals, Frank Reich. The scheduled interviews for the Cardinals, Vance Joseph. The requested interviews for the Cardinals, Ejiro Aviro, Broncos DC, Brian Flores, Steelers senior defensive assistant, uh, Sean Payton has been requested, D'Amico Ryans, the Niners defensive coordinator, has been requested, Aaron Glenn has been requested. Now, maybe some of those have already been completed and it hasn't been reported yet, but those are the seven names so far that have either been scheduled completed or requested for the Cardinals when it comes to their head coaching search. So yes, Gambo, very much a wide net being cast, but clearly the mostly common denominator on this list is defensive minded coaches. I've only got two offensive guys on the whole list right now. Which again, and I have no problem with that, even though Kyler Murray's your big ticket item and you got a lot of money in Kyler Murray, you got a first round draft pick invested in Zayvon Collins and you got one invested in Isaiah Simmons. You've got Buddha there, and you got Byron Murphy, and you've got Zach Allen, hopefully, and you've got Cameron Thomas, and Majai Sanders. Is you want to get the most out of that defense? Build a great defense. I have no problem with the uh, with hiring a defensive guy over an offensive guy. All right, big news coming down for the Suns today. They confirmed that forward Cam Johnson will make his return against the Nets tomorrow night after tearing his meniscus on November fourth. Initially, we were given a one to two month timeline. If you go with the two-month timeline, this is about 10 days to two weeks after the completion of that two-month timeline. We had James Jones on with us earlier, president of Basketball Ops, and you asked him if Johnson is a full go. He's full go, but I, I expect him not having played for a while. I think his his conditioning will tell him when when the clock stops. And so if he if he's able to play 48 minutes, 
that'd be awesome. I doubt that. I think he'll play a, a balance of minutes. Um, but, you know, if, if he's rolling, you let him roll. Boy, is it going to be good to see him tomorrow, <laughs> somebody tomorrow, right? I mean, it's just, yeah. Right? It's we just, and it's, not just a body, but like a good body. Good body, yeah, exactly. It's like a drink yeah. of water in the middle of the desert, man. It just, we're, we're parched over here. Give us something. It'll be good to see him out there. Yeah, it's, you, you, they've weathered a, uh, they, I don't even say they've weathered the storm because they've, you know, they're not even in the playoffs right now. So the storm took a toll on them. Um, you know, they're on, they're on an island right now by themselves after a three hour tour. So this, that, that's what happened. I can't say they weathered the storm because it's been brutal. I mean, they've lost nine out of ten games right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, of course, the Jay Crowder situation still looms. Lots of rumors. Still no resolution. We also asked James about a resolution to that. Am I safe to assume that Jay Crowder, this situation, will be resolved by the trade deadline on February 9th, James? That's the plan. Better be. Because <laughs> I'm, t- I'm tired yeah. I'm tired of this being a thing, Gambo. It yeah, yeah I, be. think that, I think, you know, now you just find, again, I and I think if it's a, if it's this, not a three-team trade and you're not doing anything crazy and it's just a one-for-one team trade, it's, it's going to be, I'm going to give you, you know, one of my role players and you give me one of your role players and, and let's go with it. The, the question really is, do you want to bring back a guy that has an expiring contract like Jay does or do you want to bring back somebody who's got, you know, another year or two years left on his contract that ties into your, your salary? Because the Suns are a, are a taxpayer right now. Those are all questions we want to have answers to. One other Suns cut to play for you. This is Brian Windhorst this morning on the Bickley and Murata show in which he assures Suns fans that calmer times are coming. The calming times are coming for the Suns. I'm not denying this is very turbulent, very unusual, and the Crowder trade is a symptom of everything that's going on. But I think better times are ahead, um, and it'll, it'll, it'll get done. Jay Crowder's going to get traded. Now, whether there's a trade that can meaningfully help the team, that's a different discussion. We'll see what they're able to pull off, but um, they've been talking for months about this. They've been working on their options. It's going to get done. I like how he makes the distinction and not just assuming Jay Crowder is going to be a big trade. Like we've been talking about for a while, there are two trades here that we're dealing with. One is the Jay Crowder trade. One is that bigger trade, and we don't know if the Suns are going to do that one or not. No, we we don't know if they're going to do that. I mean, I think that you know, getting Cam Johnson back is good, and you'll get these other guys back, and then you you know you try to you know make get the best positioning you can, and you roll the dice with these guys. Uh, the bigger trade because of the struggles that they've had and the injuries they've had. You know, if you're James Jones, you may say, you know what, I'm not going to do a bigger trade right now. I'm not going to invest everything in just this 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 year's window. I'm going to try to get everybody back and let the chips fall where they may, and then next in the off season, then I'll address that because then I'll know what I'm going to do with Chris Paul. Right, I'm going to know when, once the season's over. I'm going to know whether I need a point guard to replace Chris Paul, or I'm bringing Chris Paul back for another year. Yeah. Meanwhile, other news around the National Football League: the Broncos reportedly have completed interviews with Sean Payton and Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris. Sean Payton is also set to meet with the Panthers owner David Tepper on Friday, according to a report. Gambo. Okay, so that means he got out of Denver, right? Yes. I mean, he, he. It means that Payton got out of Denver. It's not like they. Put them in a room and they say, "Here you go. It's fourteen million dollars, and you know, don't leave. We want you to be the head coach." That that's not going to happen. He is going to go to Carolina. He's going to meet with them. So I always find that interesting for a guy like Peyton. You know, that's you know, if if, if you're an owner with a lot of money, you might just say, "Listen, let's 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 get 
this. Let, let's resolve this now in the next three hours before you go anywhere else. Tampa Bay head coach Todd Bowles was asked his assessment of offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich and shut down any questions about the OC's future. Has there been a decision to let Byron Leftwich go as offensive coordinator? No, there hasn't been any decision. But there's a lot of speculation that Leftwich might be let go as the offensive coordinator of the Bucks, well, given how badly they struggled. The defense was, was terrible. I mean, it was absolutely terrible. And then you know, I mean, it was obviously there was, there was some kind of rift with them and, and Brady at some point, and then you know, Leftwich has been calling plays for them since 2019, but if you look at it this season, they scored just 18.4 points per game. I mean, they were they were 25th in the NFL in scoring. I mean, this is now, they were really good a couple of years ago. Second in the league in 2020, second in the league in 2021, but a terrible dip this year. ASU football, the Pac-12 schedule was released today. Today, it is very home-friendly early for Kenny Dillingham in his first year as ASU head coach. One, two, three, four games in a row at home to open the season. Five of their first six games before they go into the October 14th bye are at home. And that includes Saturday, October 7th against Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes. And boy, does that sound weird to say. Dilly, dilly. Uh, Cheers to that. Southern, yeah. Southern Utah, Oklahoma State, Fresno State, USC, all at home. Bang, 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 bang to start the season. The first road game is at California, Gambo. Yeah, keep your eye on this five-star quarterback, Jaden Rashada, too. He is asked out of his letter of intent with Florida. Um, there is some, you know, there, there might be a scenario where he could end up at ASU. You know, there's a chance. It's going to take a lot of work. He has some interest, and ASU does as well from what I'm being told. So five-star quarterback asked out of his release from Florida after some $13 million NIL deal fell apart, I think. So, you know, keep your eye on, on him and see if ASU is able to, to, to get in on that. And after the professional teams locally got off to a 1-13 start so far, was it 1-13 or was it worse than that? Was it 1-16? It was 1-... It was, it was was oh, it, I had it written down you, yesterday. You had it yesterday. I, I, it's not 1-13. I got that wrong. and 17 and... Think what an 18? It was my understanding that there would be no math. Yeah, thank you, Mitch. I appreciate that. Whatever it was. I think it was 1 in 18. I think you might be right. 1 in 18. I think I, I botched that and I didn't stick the landing. The Coyotes took down the Red Wings last night 4 to 3. That ends their nine game losing. Two wins. Two wins. Two wins. Maybe we, can, maybe we can get four by the time January ends. <laughs> I was too busy winning. <laughs> the local professional teams haven't been too busy winning. That's not what's been going on here. That's for sure. Uh, the Coyotes also revealed a new jersey, which you'll be able to see at Arizona Sports or the Arizona Sports app if you want. And that's what's going on in sports right now. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we circle back to our top story of the day. The Cardinals head coaching candidate list has expanded. Another name, Aaron Glenn, on the list. We'll talk about all of the candidates and what might be the direction next on the Burns and Gambo show. And Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back to the Burns and Gambo show on this Wednesday. We, we see this all the time, and it's not just a football thing. It's it's really a sports thing. A lot of times when you have a coach who is of a certain experience level or of, of a certain type, offensive, defensive, younger, older, whatever the case may be, oftentimes if that's not a successful run with that coach, you will see the team then go almost completely the opposite for the next hire, right? They'll do something just 
okay, we, we had this. Let's yeah. now do it that way. It's very, very, very common. Gambo, you and I have been covering this quite a long time combined in our lives. So it really isn't much of a surprise to see now this list of these seven names that have been affiliated with the Cardinals for their coaching search. Five of the seven are defensive guys, and that really probably shouldn't surprise us at all when talking about this search post-Cliff Kingsbury. Well, I mean, the one thing we knew right right away is that they weren't going to go back into the college rankings, because if you look at, okay, what was the biggest failure? I think you look okay, let's not get a college coach. Those They're not working anymore. College coaches are not working. There's a lot of stories about that and studies about that, and here's why. And yep. So there is no college coaches. You had an offensive guy that you brought in, and you know I remember having Michael Bidwell on our show when they, you know, when they hired Cliff, and I remember him talking about, hey, you got to hire the offensive guy to be your head coach because you know if you, if you hire the defensive guy to be your head coach and the offensive guy has success, you're going to lose him in two years. So, okay, well, they hired Cliff, and the offense was just it was okay in the beginning and it wasn't very good at the end and so then they end up firing Cliff and so I think you know the, the process now is it doesn't matter just get the right coach offense defense who's the right leader who's going to lead the men and you know if you hire a defensive guy that doesn't mean that you can't hire a great offensive coordinator to work with Kyler and get the most out of him it doesn't have to be a head coach that gets the most out of Kyler it could be a defensive coach that gets the most out of Kyler by holding him accountable and it could be an offensive coordinator that that helps Kyler. It could be, and, and I, I'm honestly, I'm 100 with you. I, I the, the logic that Michael gave to us four years ago with Cliff seemed sound and reasonable at the time, and, and I and I don't have it in front of me. I'm going to go searching for it through my notes, but I, I even saw a tweet over the weekend from somebody who pointed out that all of the head coaches of all of the teams that are left in the playoffs this year are all offensive minded coaches, kind of making the case for you. you still at the end of the day need to hire an offensive coach because that's what this league is about. But then somebody immediately responded and said, be that as it may, look at where these teams rank defensively in the National Football League. And, and they were all in the upper half of the NFL when it comes to points per game or yards per game in terms of their defense. So it really, I, I don't care anymore. I, I don't care if it's an offensive head coach. I don't care if it's a defensive head coach. I have right. very little inclination or lean when it comes to that. I, I have somebody who can come in and command the room and demand the respect and get it. And whether that guy has an offensive background or a defensive background or like one of them even has a background in both at the same time, which is still remarkable to me, I don't care. I, I really don't. It doesn't matter to me anymore. I, I just want somebody who can come in and, like I say, command the room and demand the respect. That's all that I care about right now. Yeah, and look, and the reality is, and, and it, the reality is that you're not going to have one quarterback and one, you know, coach go through their whole careers together. It happens like in Pittsburgh, but nowhere else. So, you know, or even an offensive quarter. How many great quarterbacks have had to change coordinators every couple of years and learn? It's just part of the business. Like, part of the business. Now, if you have a, if you're, if your coach is defensive and you now have an offensive quarter that's no good, well, that guy gets fired. If you have an offensive quarter that's really good, well, then he gets hired. So, it's just, that's just the, the way things work is that, 
you're very likely as a quarterback to go through several offensive coordinators throughout the course of your career. No doubt. So here's the latest as we know it now. And the, the very latest came in about 45 minutes ago from Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network, who reported via his Twitter account that the Cardinals have put in a request to interview Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn for their head coaching job. His name has come up for one of the other vacancies for the Indianapolis Colts. According to the information I have in front of me, he completed an interview with the Indianapolis Colts for their head coaching position. He's obviously never been a head coach in this league. He's been the defensive coordinator of the Lions, secondary coach for the Saints. Was a great player. Great player. I mean, a great player. I mean, that right off of the Bill Parcells tree, right? I mean, that was pure Bill Parcells Jets era, if I remember right, where he was there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was, and he was there for a long time, too. He was just a solid player. And, and as I said, I remember him being a star on Hard Knocks. I know some people are saying, sending some videos and stuff. I haven't seen it, but he was a star of Hard Knocks for, you know, going at it with the offensive coordinator and just a very competitive guy. But, you know, he's part of that Dan Campbell staff and all the success that the Lions are starting to have right now. And I know, you know, that's, that's odd to say that the Lions having success, but, you know, they may, it is. I mean, I the Lions have never been good in my lifetime. They've never been good. I've been however long I've been alive. The Lions have never been good. So um, this, you know, them having success now with Dan Campbell, you could see, you know, part of those coaches getting opportunities. And listen, when you cast the net, like Michael said, you cast the net far and wide. You're going to turn over. You can turn over as many stones as you can. Like I don't care if you interview 15 people, just get the right guy. You know, so it, you may know after the fifth interview that's going to be the guy. But continue to interview guys and try to see, you know, and try to make sure that you find the right guy. So working backwards now chronologically, yeah. according to the, the list we have in front of us. So okay. uh, Aaron Glenn is the one we just found out about 45 no head minutes ago. Experience. No head coaching experience. Okay. Giro Aviro, the Broncos no. defensive coordinator. No head coaching experience. No head coaching experience. We learned about his uh, candidacy this morning, and he has been a very popular candidate. He's, I believe four of the five teams have interviewed him and even others that have won to interview him for defensive coordinator, but they've been denied because they no lateral moves, right? Yeah, the defense was great. Yeah, they, somebody got turned down an opportunity to, to interview him for the defensive coordinator because it was a lateral move, but he his defense in Denver was great. They lost games because Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett, the offense was terrible, but that defense was very good. Yeah, I think if I'm looking at this right, Aviro has now been either requested or has already interviewed with all five teams, with every single one of them. There is it's not, true. There, there's not one that he has has not been so so the Cardinals are were the last one, I guess, to get in line to talk to Giro Aviro. So Yeah. Well but they're good. Okay, but that's two guys right there that they're you know they're planning on interviewing and okay. or interviewing that that have no head coaching experience. Frank Reich last night we found out about right before we went off the air, former Colts head coach. Obviously right. he so has that's one with head coaching experience. One with head coaching experience. Uh Vance Joseph, according to reports, his interview was today with Monty Austin Fort and Michael so Bidwell. That's, that's two and that's two head coaching uh two with experience two not with experience. Okay. Then the others we've known about. Brian Flores, Steelers senior defensive assistant. There's another with, coaching experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, D'Amico Ryans, 49ers defensive coordinator. No head coaching experience. No head experience. coaching experience. Requested, not uh, not scheduled yet, at least not that we know. And then, of course, the elephant in the room, Sean Payton. Uh, obviously, he's got NFL head coaching experience, quite a bit of it. I, would be surprised if they, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't interview him. 
I hope they do. Even if they, even if it's a long shot, or even if you feel like you don't want to give up the inventory it takes to get him, I think you got to give him the opportunity to blow your socks off and at least give you something to think about, right? I mean, Does he really go through all these interviews and not like settle on a place, and then you get to interview him? Because I mean, at some point, you're just gonna. You know, you're going to lock that down if you're an owner. You're going to lock that down. You're my guy. I want you. Let's get it done right now. Yeah, and and it hasn't. He's completed two interviews so far. Um, the Texans on Monday, uh, a very long, what's being reported, conversation with the Broncos yesterday. Uh, and then the Panthers will be sometime at the end of this week. Friday in New York, I think, is he's going to meet with David Tepper. And I, I do think there's a chance of what you're saying being very right. Like, like it hasn't happened yet. Maybe it's going to be the Panthers where they just say, dude, we're locking the door and you're not leaving. You're our guy. We're, we're ready to give up whatever it takes to get you. Uh, we want you. We're going to pay you. We'll give you whatever you want. I even saw a tweet today from an NFL writer, I can't remember which one, who had said the Panthers are prepared to give Sean Payton whatever he wants. Literally, what do you want? It's yours. We will give it to you. Right, and that's where I get to the point where I, that's where I expect, like, okay, shut the door, get a deal done. I don't want you to go to your next, I don't want you to go visit Arizona and have somebody, let's just get it done. What's it, what's it take financially? What's it, what's it going to take for your staff? Cause, you know, you don't want to know how much money you can spend on your staff if you're Sean Payton and, you know, all those details are in place and working with the GM and all of that stuff. But it, you can get that done very quickly if, if both sides want to be together. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You'll never miss any of the shows. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast. It is brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home and get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. There are some big questions that need to be answered by new Cardinals GM Monty Austin for beyond who the next head coach is going to be. What are those questions? We'll ask some of them next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Back here from the Auction Community Studios, it's the Burns and Gambo Show on this Wednesday. I'm in the Auction Community Studios. Gambo's working from home today. Tomorrow we will be live down at the Ainsworth, right across the street from Footprint Center, Suns, and the Nets tomorrow, and of course the return of Cam Johnson. Every little bit helps the Phoenix Suns right now, who have lost, I think it's 17 of their last 22 games, if I'm not mistaken. I know, it's it's been... 9 out of 10. It, nobody could have seen it come. I mean, maybe pick. maybe you could have seen it coming with no book, but yeah, it's 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 been a mess, and they've got to they have got to hold it together as best they can until they get Devin Booker back, and that's just they got to get Chris Paul back soon, and they've got to hold it together as best they can until Devin Booker get just to give themselves a chance of finishing in the play-in tournament or a chance of finishing with a sixth seed if everything goes really, really well. And, and they've just, they've got to, they've got to hold it together and via the trade deadline, whatever, Shane Crowder, however that looks, um, they, they're up against the gamble. They can't afford to fall too many more games behind all of this if they think they can just magically turn it back on when Devin Booker comes back. I wonder if it's holding it together because holding it together, like, I, I understand what that means. I mean, I almost feel like, you gotta, you, you gotta make a run. Like you've got it. You, you know, you gotta make some kind of run. You gotta I mean, do both. I, I, you have to hold it together until you can make the run. Right. That's that's what I think. You have to, you have to hold it together now 
so that when Devin Booker comes back, you can make a run. If you don't hold it together now, there's going to be no run to make. It's not going to matter. You know, right. I, you can't make a run with what you've got right now. You're just not built for it. You're, you're not going to get there. Um, so we're both right, I think, when it comes to that. Um, impromptu conversation. Not at all what was on the docket to talk about here. Let's get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. Well, we will talk Suns at the next segment, and we'll probably get to a little deeper in that one. Uh, it's a great tease, great uh, tease. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's 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 in a while, but yeah, we're gonna do it. I promise. Coming up, uh, Eric, you've got our Twitter poll question of the day. What's cooking for us? Well, today? we're unable to add names as they get reported today, but we did put this poll out there. We are hypothetically emphasis on hypothetically ruling Sean Payton out. Who would you like to see be the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals? I'm just going to cut you off real quick. We, we kind of asked this question last week, but honestly, there have been so many new names that have been added to the list. We kind of felt like we wanted to do it again because it's changed a little bit, uh, and that includes the, the name that came out today in Aaron Glenn. We, we, did this, we put out this poll question before, so go ahead, Eric. I cut you off. What it's, do you have? It's ever-changing. The four options we have, and you guys can even throw more people in if you would rather choose them over any of these guys. You've got D'Amico Ryans, Brian Flores, Vance Joseph, who has his interview today, reportedly, and Frank Reich, who had already interviewed yesterday, reportedly. Gambo, you still going with D'Amico? I, yeah, it's something about D'Amico Ryans that 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 lends me to believe that he he would be a great guy for this job. Okay, I'm going to go with Brian Flores. That that of all the names on the list, if hypothetically we're excluding Sean Payton, that is still the guy I'm rolling with. If I'm the Cards, this one is getting a little closer than it was about two hours ago, but still leading the way at 42.2% is D'Amico Ryans. At 35.9% is Brian Flores. 16.7% saying Frank Reich. Only 5.2% going with that in-house option, Vance Joseph. Gambo, who is number two on your list? Remind me. Behind D'Amico? Flores. Was it Flores? Okay. Yeah, I, I struggle between D'Amico and Frank Reich as my number two on my list and my number three. Um, and I'm going with D'Amico because I, I, I just have a feeling he's going to be a very good. But I, I do like the experience kind of factor in all of this, too. I'm, I, I'm just really leaning for a, a, a you know, I, I get the leader of men and everything. I'm, I really would not mind a defensive guy at all. Build build a great defense. Yeah, it, it certainly seems to be the trend with the names that they're speaking to. Almost all of them are defensive minded in background, in their background. Frank Reich, he just, he, there's, there's a lot of appealing things about him. He does have some familiarity with the organization and kind of how it operates. He's got the experience that you're looking for. He's had success in this league. Maybe not a lot of it, but he's had success in this league as a head coach. And that is a very intriguing name to me. Um, Monty Austin Fort has got it's got a lot of he's he has to get done and there was a story today on cardswire.com and some good questions that Jess Root and his crew over there were asking about Monty Austin Fort questions that need answering and I thought we could go through a couple of these Gambo and I thought we could add a couple of our own if we wanted to uh, question number one will he want his guys Will he want to bring in scouts, personnel people from Tennessee, maybe 100%. even New England, right? I mean, how much Yeah, 100%. How much of an overhaul is there going to be within the Cardinals organization now that a big. brand new GM is coming in? Uh, big because you know, you you want to surround yourself with with people that you know and trust. I mean, you you've spent all 
these years in the NFL. He's got a bunch of guys that he knows and he trusts. And, you know, you're going to hire somebody like that over somebody you don't know. So familiarity is a key when you're putting together a staff. Yeah, I tend to think so, too. And, and you know, A-Dub, like A-Dub and Quentin Harris, they're both really cool to come on with us when Steve Kime went into his, his you know, medical situation, his medical leave of absence. Um, I, I do wonder about those guys' future within the organization. And, and in some ways, I have to assume that they are going to be looking for gigs elsewhere if there's a complete overhaul. Maybe not. Maybe I'm reading it wrong. I'm going to skip over who will be the head coach because we've been talking about that all day long. What will he do with DeAndre Hopkins? I would have to think you got to explore the options of trading. I mean, you have to explore those options. I mean, usually when a new guy comes in, you've got to be, remember when remember when um, KT came in for the for the D backs and immediately tried to find out what is the value of Justin Upton. Yes, you know you that's what you do. I mean you you got to find out the value. You've got a you've got a player here that's you know that's that's over thirty years old. He's still great. You can get something of value for him if you trade him. He's got a high contract. He costs a lot against the cap. You know, you're probably rebuilding and, and you know it. So, you know, you probably would like to take that, you know, take that asset and trade it now while you can get something for it because there is still there's still a time for you to get something good for that asset right now. So I would expect that if he's going to come in, I don't, I, we, what we didn't hear him say is DeAndre Hopkins is a part of this organization going forward. We love DeAndre Hopkins. We're not going to en- entertain any trade offers from him or anything like that. They didn't say anything like that. He's, he can't say anything like that. He's got to see what the market market would would give for a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. Understand if you're listening to us and you haven't heard us say this before, they're going to have to do something with DeAndre Hopkins. They, they can't just do nothing. And what I mean by that is the the man's got a $31 million cap hit next year. You, you can't you can't have that on your cap. You're, you're going to have to, at the very least, if you want to keep him, redo his contract in a way that reduces his cap number. That's not all that hard. Um, but it's you're going to have to do something because you can't have him playing next year on a $31 million cap hit, which is why I tend to think they're going to trade them. Um, this question, which I, I I I wasn't thinking of this one, but it's an interesting one to ask. How much control will he have? Do we assume, pardon the phrase, that he's got the full Monty? About <laughs> <laughs> a bang, hey babe, um, I'll be here all day. He's got the full Monty. Does he? Yeah, I don't believe that Michael Bidwell is a meddling owner. I think that Michael, as all owners do, needs to okay every everything. You know, you've got to run it, but that's the, he's the boss. He's the owner. He hired you. I mean, you know, you don't you, you don't have a just a clean slate to do what you want with. But I don't think he's a meddling owner. I don't think he's in trying to figure. Hey, draft this guy or trade that guy or things like that. He can give his opinion on stuff. But I think when he went outside the organization, I think Michael showed a willingness to turn things over to somebody who knows what the hell they're doing and let them run with it. Yeah, I... I, I, I I just give him a lot of room to operate, you know. Give him a just until he, yeah, yeah. I want want Michael to give him a lot of space, you know, to to kind of navigate his way through this because that is why you went outside the organization. And I, I hope, I hope he's got control. I would add to this list, um, and ones that we won't know for a while. His draft tendencies, you know, what does he do at three? Is he a trade down guy? Is he a trade up guy? Is he uh, you know, d- does he does he want to stay put and get the best player? I mean, we'll, we'll find out a lot about that with three, but we don't we won't know his tendencies. And then the thing that he mentioned yesterday, he kind of talked about this not being a short term fix. I want to know if he's going to view this year as kind of a reset year because I think he kind of has to. 
You know, I think I think he has to view this year as a reset year. He mentioned that in his press conference that Michael Bidwell came back like a little bit later and said, well, you know, you can turn things around very quickly in the NFL. So I don't know if Michael liked that he said that. But I I think if you go back to, you know, you go back to your notes in the press conference, I'm just trying to look at mine right here. I think he did say that it's, you know, there is a it's very likely that it's going to be a reset and we'll have to, you know, rebuild a little bit here. And and that's OK. Like, that's OK. Like there's, you know, you're going to have to. I mean, I want to see the philosophies on just building from the line. I mean, I want to see them take good offensive linemen and defensive linemen up and down the draft and, you know, try to build that way. Build that strong offensive and defensive line from from the inside out and then, you know, worry about this. See, I think that I think that the recent Cardinals got overwhelmed with building at the skill position. Whether it was DeAndre Hopkins or Zach Ertz or Hollywood Brown and James Conner. The emphasis was on skill position players for Kyler Murray, but the emphasis really wasn't on let's get the you know let's get a bunch of guys in the draft even after getting Zach Ertz and having Max Williams they went out and drafted a tight end out of Colorado State right with their first pick so I do think that there was a very very heavy emphasis on skill position players to support around Kyler and maybe that was Cliff's doing or Steve's doing I don't know but I I think that the better way to go is to not build with the skill position players and build with the offensive line and the defensive line boy did you just get an amen from the congregation on that one. When we come back, the Phoenix Suns are getting immediate relief with Cam Johnson, and there's been a slight tweak to the injury report for tomorrow that you're probably going to want to know about. What about future relief? Who could help the Suns down the road? We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. All right, just want to pass this along. We just had James Jones on the show about an hour ago, hour and a half ago. Um, the Suns have upgraded Chris Paul to questionable for tomorrow's game against the Nets. Really? It's worth. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. Uh, Cam Johnson is going to play. He's listed as probable, but he announced today he's going to play. The organization announced that he's going to play. Uh, Josh Kogi's out with the nasal fracture. Devin Booker campaign. Landry Shamit is out. Jake Crowder is still being listed on the official report, even though we all know he's not playing. But there's a slight change to the list. Chris Paul, with his right hip soreness, has been upgraded to questionable for tomorrow's game. Sure, we'll get more information on that the closer we get to tomorrow's game against the Nets. But Gambo, I just wanted to pass that along in case you hadn't seen it and to everybody else out there listening that Chris Paul's been upgraded. I think James said when he was on with us earlier that he he still went with the day-to-day. Yes. Yeah. Day to day. I tried to push him a little bit because he, he said Booker weeks and campaign weeks and Chris Paul weeks. And, and I said, okay, I get pain and Booker being weeks away, but is Chris Paul really weeks away? And he said, well, he's day to day. It could be five days. It could be 10 days. And if it's 10 days, it means that it's weeks away. So, all right. So we'll see. I don't know if he's going to play tomorrow night, but that's the plan. Well, now that, that would be a shot in the arm, too, if they can get him back. I know. I, you know, and again, that's the conversation we kind of 
stumbled into in the last segment is is one of they need to hold it together for the next few weeks to give themselves a shot when they get their guys back. Well, I think the thing, is, in, in all honesty, is just do you, do you believe that this team has a run in them? Do you believe that they can advance past the first round, the second round? Can they get to the Western Conference Finals? Do you still, or has all the struggles and the injuries, and then some of the other teams in the West, the way that Memphis has played and New Orleans has played, is there a belief that, you know what, it's just this is just not their year? No matter what, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, they get Chris Paul back great, they get Book back great, but they're not going to go anywhere. So I think, you know, that's where we're in right now. We're kind of in, in, in limbo and not really knowing, do we believe in this team or do we not believe in this team? It's hard to know because they're missing so many of their guys. I, I, I think if, and I know this is a gigantic if, if they're fully healthy going into the playoffs, I think this team is capable of winning at least the first round of the playoffs and maybe even the second, depending on the matchup. I, I, it's just it's hard to project that because it's been so long since we've seen them whole and together and with everybody. And then asking it to last is a big ask, too. I think if they're all whole going into the playoffs, yes, this team is capable of at least winning one playoff series and maybe two when it's all said. The NBA well, Finals, I, I don't think so, but I, I think they can win a round or two. Yes, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, how much do you want to invest in a team that you don't believe can win the NBA Finals that you don't believe right. can get to the Western Conference Finals, but you believe, hey, maybe they can win a round in the playoffs? Like, you know, that's the question. How much do you want to invest in that team? No doubt, um, and that leads us to what happens next after that. Who will be the Suns' point guard of the future? It's a story on Bright Side of the Sun. And, I mean, there are rumors out there flying about Fred Van Vliet. I I mean, just all over the place about his availability. There's a report from Shams. The Suns would like to be interested in him in free agency at the end of the season. The only way that happens is if they find something with Chris Paul so they can save that money. Um, They could trade for him now, but that's going to be an expensive proposition. And then just re-sign him in the offseason if they wanted to. Um, they came up with a big list of names here as, like, if, if Chris Paul's time here is done, if they're looking at the bigger picture, they mentioned, I can't believe they mentioned Trey Young, because I, I just don't see how that how Atlanta's going to let him go. That's one of those, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, Fred Van Vliet, again, rumors flying around about him and whether he's going to get traded, whether he's going to opt out of his contract, and if the Suns would be interested. Terry Rozier's name is on this list, man. It feels like we're always linking Terry Rozier to the Phoenix Suns, aren't we, Gambo? Yes, yes. I mean, I you know, there was a time when the Celtics were, you know, they were going to move on from Rozier. They had, they knew they were going to have to pay Tatum and Brown and Marcus Smart, and they were going to move on from Rozier. And the Suns, and they they were they were talking with the Suns about Terry Rozier. They were they were talking about Scary Terry, and I like Rozier. I've always liked him, and I've always liked Van Vliet. Van Vliet, and those are. Stop. Those are definitely guys. That, I don't know if I put them in a stopgap territory because it's, they're not one-year guys, but they're guys that you could have run that show for a couple of years if you get Van Vliet and or you go get um, you know a Rozier. You know those guys. That those guys will be your point guards for a few years. Yeah, I do think that what happens between now and the end of the playoffs for the Suns will ultimately determine what to do with Chris Paul and whether you even want to bring him back or not because you could bring Chris back at about thirty million dollars next year or. Or you could let him go, and you only pay him about $15 million. Or you could try to trade him or see if there's any value there. But there's there's a few different ways that the Chris Paul thing can go. But if I'm the Suns, I probably, based on Chris's declining production 
and the age and the injuries, mm-hmm. I'm probably looking for a replacement now if I can get one. Mm-hmm. I'm in the same boat. I, I never thought it would come to this. I hate to admit it, but I'm in exactly the same boat because it, it and again, to your point, that can change when he comes back and we can see his level of effectiveness when he does return. But but yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm looking up Terry Rozier's stats right now. Um, Charlotte's dreadful. They're awful. They're having a terrible year. Well, Ball's been out all year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's they've been missing a whole bunch of guys because of injury, and, and obviously Ball is the biggest one. It's the highest point-per-game average of Terry Rozier's career, but he is... He's had a really poor shooting year. He's shooting 41% from the floor, 32% from three. He's like a career 37% guy from three. So it's been a real struggle for him in that regard. Uh, I'm going to say this name, but uh, I know you can't see me, Gambo. I I don't have a straight face when I mention D'Angelo Russell on the list. Oh, no. D'Angelo Russell? Yeah, that's not going to (laughs) happen. No, that's not going to happen. That's that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Um. Stop Gap Solutions. Tyus Jones was mentioned. I'm somewhat intrigued by him. Yeah, he is a, it's a good name. It's a good name as a stopgap guy. He's not a long term, but he, he's a good stopgap point guard. Monte Morris from the Wizards. Trey Jones like from the him. Spurs. He's a good, yeah. he's a good shooter. He's a defensive guy. Monte Morris is a good. He's a good player. He's a solid, he's a solid guy. And then, of course, the internal options, Cameron Payne and Dwayne Washington. I, I know it's going to feel like or some... Or Devin Booker. Or Devin Booker, right, which is... But that's one of those, you know... Boy, I don't know. Yeah, he's good at it when he runs the show, and maybe that's eventually where this is headed anyway, but do you worry about him carrying so much of a burden? Not if you get another combo guard that can also carry the ball. That's, that's not a true point guard, but another combo guard. Yeah, that's true. That's Because then you can have a lot of size. You can have a lot of size at the guard spots with Book and another guard. Both guys can handle the ball. If you bring up another guy that can handle the ball, you know, you could do that. So, listen, there are plenty of options out there you first you know internal options campaign i i mean i i like cam as a as a, as a as a as a my bench guy i still like him as my bench guy i don't really want him as my starting point guard but i love him as the backup point guard um van vliet has always been a guy i liked rosier has always been a guy i liked but there was the, but i liked them more three years ago than i do right now of course pick your level of metallica single day tickets for metallica's m72 world tour are on sale this friday at 10 a.m at live Two nights, two different sets, no repeat weekends. Night one with Pantera on September 1st. Night two with Five Finger Death Punch on September 3rd, both at State Farm Stadium. That is coming up and your opportunity to do that. So Sean Payton has begun his interview process with prospective teams. When is he interviewing with the Arizona Cardinals? Next on the Birds and Gambo Show.